Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment. Uh, My co-host, Jim uh, Wiegand, is out for the day, and uh, so I'm flying solo but I have a special guest with me uh, today, uh, and uh, really excited to have Josh Spurlock with us. Uh, hi, Josh. Good to see you. So good to be back. Missing Jim, but we'll get along without him, I guess. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. Yes, we had Josh back about three months ago, and uh, the response uh, to the two podcasts, Josh, that we recorded with you, I think it was back in uh, February or March, uh, was was overwhelming. We just got so much good feedback, and uh, so I thought, boy, we got to have. Huh? I'm not surprised, and, you know, that the topic is such a important one for pastors, yeah. and just really creating some space to recognize the the struggle that is part of being a first responder and really being in that uh, front lines of the trauma in people's lives. And I mean, anybody who's functioning in that capacity could really relate to uh, the experience uh, that we talked through. So that's, they're not alone. Well, Josh, you know, um, in uh, pods 76 and 77, you introduced that concept to us of pastors as first responders. And I wondered if you could just give us maybe a, a three minute summary of that concept and that'll kind of set up our conversation for the rest. Of the Absolutely. So uh, we think of first responders, or what comes to mind perhaps are uh, paramedics and firefighters and police that are kind of responding to a crises of one sort or another. But right in the mix with that are pastors that have uh, deep relationships with their people and who are called upon in the moments of uh, struggle, big and small, in life to come alongside and bear that burden and those burdens with individuals. And there's a secondary traumatization that happens in the context of doing that in the same way that those who show up on a car accident and see mangled bodies and the kinds of trauma in that setting are their physiology is impacted by that experience that they're bodies and the brain is, has an impact that it receives from being exposed to the intensity of that experience. And uh, pastors have that same experience, that they are in that space and rather it is uh, really traumatic kinds of experience that they're coming alongside folks in or the smaller kinds of life traumas that folks experience that have a cumulative effect over time. And so recognizing that reality of their life and experience helps to then inform the kind of preventative care that's necessary in order to uh, take care of the injury that takes place. And And I just thought that was such a brilliant a brilliant picture for us because I I don't think uh, any of us who have pastored uh, in a church have ever been taught to think of ourselves in that way and the fact that we're ignorant about it uh, doesn't actually help us right it it uh, 
it hurts us. Right. You can't, you can't take preventative care and action, and you can't take action to address the injury that's taking place if it's not on your radar. Right. And so that awareness and having it be on your radar is, is really the first step in being able to address the impact of those things. So Josh, in, in, in those earlier pods, you said something and we didn't, we didn't dig into it uh, because we were running out of time, but it, it, I remember it blew Jim away and it blew me away um, when you said it. And it, it had to do with how wounds and unfinished business from our past impact our leadership today. So can you talk to that? How do the wounds and unfinished business of, from our past impact us in, in pastoral leadership in the in the in the current time that we live in yeah so uh it would be helpful to think just a little bit about or maybe have a backdrop of some neurobiology a little bit which i know this isn't a, a podcast on neurobiology so bear with me that we won't get too deep into the weeds a little bit but i i think it's important for us to have an embodied spirituality hmm. there's a Kind of a modern day Gnostic uh, struggle that we can get into in the church where we somehow completely divorce and separate the spiritual from the physical. And in doing so, we deny the realities and limitations of the body. And so uh, if we're going to be holistic and we're going to have an embodied spirituality that acknowledges uh, both the embodiment of Christ uh, in a physical body, but also the reality that God created us to be embodied beings that have biology that influences our experience of life and that that's forever going to be the case, right? That's the whole story of the resurrection is that we're not going to be disembodied spiritual kind of floaty beings out there, but that we were created to have a body. We have a body. Now we'll have a new body uh, with the resurrection, right? So Theologically, if we, if we accept that to be true, then having a little understanding of this body uh, is helpful, can be useful. Sure. So that's my take on it anyways, right? Okay. So if we're gonna, if we assume all that, accept all that theologically, then uh, we can turn our attention to think a little bit about how uh, memory and expectations work. Right. And what in counseling we call internal working models. Right? So an internal working model is essentially the things that we've learned through the experiences of our life. The compilation of the experiences that we've had in our life. That uh, in an ideal world, in a perfect world, all the experiences that we have in our life equip us for an accurate view of self and an accurate view of others and give us the character structure internally. Uh, and what I mean, it's not morality, but I mean the equipment mm. internally to be able to navigate uh, things in life and the hard things in life. However, we live in a fallen world, broken world, and all of our experiences in life are not facilitative of uh, having a accurate perception of self and of others and of constructing uh, functional equipment inside, right? That all of us have uh, a continuum of experience, mm -hmm. right? a mix of experiences that are very helpful 
in uh, helping us understand who we are and, and what we can expect from people and others and how, to, how we relate to God and, and how he feels towards us and, and his thoughts towards us uh, and experiences that sabotage that, right? Right. So when we're thinking about these wounds, we're talking about experiences of life that we've had that in, have had an impact on us in a way that sabotage us in one way or another. And because those experiences are uh, historical in nature, meaning they, they happen time-wise in the past, right. they're not necessarily on our mind today. Yeah. Now the impact of them is present with us today. Right. That um, <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I have a Lion King quote that comes to mind, right? Where I'm thinking of Rafiki, you know, right, with his little staff when he smacks Simba on the head. Yes. And, you know, and Simba says, hey, what's that about? And Rafiki says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of tongue in cheek, uh, calling out Simba on his perspective. But those things still have an impact because they get activated in the mm -hmm. present. Those wounds get bumped into yeah. in the present. And they come out in the present. Yeah. That makes sense. Josh, can you give give me like an example of how that might work? I mean, a real a real life example of a wound from the past uh, that gets bumped into and then that reaction, you know, that, that, uh, or a common reaction to that wound from a leader's perspective. Can you, can you yes. give me an example? Yes. So there's, there's a vast majority of or a vast variety of experiences that folks can have that can show up in a variety of different ways, but a, a common um, experience specifically with pastors and a lot of pastors I would work with would be experiences of life uh, surrounding messages of rejection. Hmm. And that there would be uh, messages of value tied to performance. You know, that I'm acceptable, I'm lovable, I'm good enough um, based on my performance or what I can do for others. Okay. And that the uh, message that I get back from folks that they're pleased with me, with my performance, and that it helps uh, set aside my anxiety around that messaging that I'm somehow inadequate, somehow lacking, somehow that I have to prove that not true. I'm unacceptable for one reason or another, and I have to prove my acceptableness through performance. Yeah. And so when uh, there's experiences in the present that bump into that, person leaves the church. Mm -hmm. There's conflict around a decision that the pastor makes. Somebody right. doesn't like a sermon, right? Hmm. And leave back or comments. That never happens, right? These are all hypotheticals. You know, obviously most pastors never experience anything of these of this nature, but you know, hypothetically speaking, it bumps into that wound from yeah. those. Bumps into this shooting pain that comes from that. Yeah pain to not feel that pain we do things to avoid pain right most of us are pain aversive i am 
I'm never like, I, I could go for a good poke in the eye right now. <laughs> Said no one ever, because right. none of us like to experience pain. And so we can tend to uh, structure life in such a way as to avoid the things that would bump into. Right. We can be passive where we really need to be assertive in a situation. Right? Yeah. We can kind of um, avoid putting ourselves in circumstances that might uh, lead to us feeling inadequate rejection, mm-hmm. but also uh, hinder our ability to execute our role as a leader, right? And cause right. us to lose confidence in those that we're leading or those we're leading to lose confidence in us because of our difficulty navigating those things, right? Sometimes it can just become paralyzing altogether, right? Mm-hmm. What pastor hasn't, you know, been in the position of uh, having had maybe a message or a season where things felt dry and creativity was restricted and they're kind of, you know, staring at a blank piece of paper or a blank word processor screen, you know, terrified of upcoming Sunday where they're expected to perform. Right. Feeling like they don't have it in them. Like one in one, right? hundred percent. Right. All of us. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, Josh, it, it, um, I just, as you're talking about that, I, I see so many manifestations just of the rejection wound. Um, you know, the inability to say no, um, the inability to slow down and, uh, take a day off, uh, check out at a reasonable time in the evening. And, and I mean, we're just talking about one wound, right. That can, that can, can really bump into or manifest, I guess is a better way to say it in a variety of ways. But the, so the problem isn't, isn't, I gotta, I gotta have better time management, although that might help a little bit. Right. Totally. The problem is getting to that wound and and getting healed. John, you're spot on, right? Like you're, you get it totally that we can, what, what happens is, uh, we, we try to uh, address the symptom. Yeah. It's a lot like mowing down a dandelion. Right. <laughs> you mow down the dandelion a few days later, you got another dandelion in the right. same spot, right? Yeah. Because uh, trying to manage the symptoms with you know a time management book or a new life hack, navigate this or that sort of thing, won't address what's really driving that. And so it has limited, limited success, might help a little bit, might help for a while, but then we kind of are right back into that same cycle, that same struggle. Yeah. You know, Josh, um, we're, we're starting to butt up against time already. I, I just wanted to ask you one more question. Well, would you stay for another uh, podcast? Because I, I think we got a lot more to talk about. John, I love this. I love pastors. And so absolutely. Okay. So here's the last question. We talked about rejection as an example of a wound from our past. What what are some of the most common wounds that you're observing uh, among pastors, Josh? I know you work with uh, pastors all over the world, actually. Yeah. And um, what are some of the common ones, maybe the top three or four that you see over and over and over again? Yeah, so the, the rejection wound, that piece, you know, am I acceptable? Am I lovable? You know, that is a, 
uh, a super common one. Another one that uh, oftentimes will show up is uh, this uh, relationship with anger that's really difficult, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. there's some messaging that says uh, uh, anger and the experience of anger is, is bad and that it's that's evil and that you shouldn't experience anger and you shouldn't express anger. I was, I was one of those as a young lead pastor. You get those messages kind of uh, in your life and uh, which, which is not biblical, right? It's a distortion. God experiences anger. God expresses anger. He doesn't send much. Like it's not uh, a biblical concept. If we're created in the image of God, the idea that we would uh, feel a, a, an anger, a righteous anger about things that are not right. The fact that God would wire our body, but we could go down and spend a whole podcast on that piece. Correct. But it's a common one that there's a, a relationship with anger that is uh, not healthy there from some me some messaging that then instead of allowing anger to be something that energizes taking action and being assertive and standing up against things that are not okay and aren't good in a way that feels congruent and healthy it instead gets redirected or bottled or kind of shamed into a space that it becomes destructive right so that's a really common um one that we see um, over time begin to sabotage uh, folks in their uh, ministry and the work that they're doing in their relationships. So that's, you know, that would be just another example of, and we could probably take another podcast just listing uh, all the yeah. different ones that are possible, but. Yeah, maybe we'll do that sometime down the road. I think that would be, yeah. that might be helpful. Um, well, listen, uh, Josh, thanks for agreeing to come back. Uh, for another another podcast and uh uh what's the best way for somebody to if they were interested in in, in reaching out to you for help what would be yeah. the best way for them to connect to you yeah so i have a team of uh counselors that work at my counselor online that put together that i've selected hired and we've built a training process to really help uh know how to hone in on these of core character issues, structures, difficulties that underlie the common struggles that folks face. And so uh, you can reach out just by visiting our website at mycounselor.online. That's mycounselor.online uh, and can connect with any of the folks that are on our team. You can reach out to me specifically uh, either through uh, that site or on social media uh, using the handle Talk to Spurlock. So it's the, just my last name, S-P-U-R-L-O-C-K. Awesome. Uh, and, and to those of you who are listening today, uh, we, uh, the reason we do what we do here is we want to try to bring content and help to you in areas that uh, you really need help in. And I think uh, today really uh, hit the nail on the head. So uh, we want to thank all of you who, who are listening, who are watching uh, via video today and we want you to know that we're praying for you we love you and we ask god often to help you continue to lead yes. in the line.